Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say ebay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it maybe it's a head-turning handbag a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you feel like the gem or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things you love are checked by experts and not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, April 28th. This week marks the 10th anniversary of the collapse of Rana Plaza, one of the world's deadliest industrial disasters right in the heart of the global fashion industry. 
There has been another horrific incident at a garment factory in Bangladesh. An eight-story building collapsed today, killing at least 145 people and injuring hundreds of others. This just months after a fire killed more than 100 people and put the unsafe working conditions at many factories in the global spotlight. It was the worst industrial disaster in Bangladesh's history. And Rana Plaza today is little more than rubble. Rebuilding lives is taking time too. The site resembled a war zone and was too much for the emergency services. The army was quickly called in. I could see people, hundreds and thousands. No fire brigade and nothing. It is people, those who were in the street. They all came running in thousands to rescue those who were trying to escape. The building collapsed like a pancake. Rana Plaza was a siren call for fashion companies and consumers around the world. How could we continue to cast a blind eye to the working conditions of the people who make our clothes? Earlier this week, our chief sustainability correspondent, Sarah Kent, caught up with Kalpona Akhtar, a key voice in workers' rights activism in Bangladesh, who has also been an excellent and honest guide for the BOF community over the past five years, since she first appeared on the cover of our special edition for the BOF 500 in 2018 and spoke at BOF Voices a few months later. This was a good moment to hear from Kalpona again, to understand the emotions on the ground during the 10th anniversary, but also to underscore the work that still needs to be done to ensure we protect the rights of garment workers everywhere. First, we'll hear a conversation from Sarah and Kalpona, and later I'll sit down with Sarah to unpack all the key insights from her latest case study, How to Avoid Another Rana Plaza. Give us a bit of a sense of what it's like in Dhaka at the moment, 10 years on from the Rana Plaza disaster. I know it had such an impact on so many people. In the city, what's it been like this week? We are in an Eid holiday. It could be a different time, of course, you know, emotionally and also as a liberated advocate, you know, it's so difficult time for us. We cannot forget that episode, a preventable disaster that has taken these lives. We cannot forget. In the same time, it is sad and also a time to celebrate as well that at least 10 years we were able to achieve a safe workplace for our workers. Can you take me back? What was it like for you that day 10 years ago? What was your experience? I was campaigning in the U.S., in the West Coast. I was scrolling the news. It is my habit. So in a Bangla newspaper, I just saw that a building collapsed. And that when I saw the area name, that was like in my mind hit up first that, oh, it's not a residential building. It's a factory. So I just, you know, took my phone and I rang to my coworkers and they told me that we are here. You cannot imagine the situation. It's out of even your thinking. It's a nine-story building and collapsed with over 5,000 workers. And I can, you know, over the phone, I was overheard that the people screaming, crying, shouting. And my coworkers, he was telling me that I'm getting into the rubble because I need to find the proof who was the brand there. Because transparency wasn't there, right? Shocking to hear again, even 10 years later, exactly what the impact was. And, you know, you mentioned that it was coming not long after the Tazreen's fashion fire. It was obviously very shocking. But were you 
surprised that there had been a disaster of that magnitude or had you been waiting, fearing something like this would happen? The brands did not take any responsibilities. In their auditing system, they didn't have the clauses of electrical safety and building safety. So it's supposed to come. And the country, when they have building code and that is not enforceable, you know, the monitoring system is literally not there. So anything could happen. But it was beyond even thinking. Trust me, I wasn't ready for this big preventable disaster. Yeah, there could be like another fire accident that I was ready for until that document gets signed. But losing over 1,100 people, I wasn't ready. And the agreement that you were campaigning for, this was a legally binding commitment for brands to monitor and address safety issues in factories, right? Yes, you are absolutely right. That the the agreement would be calling Agreement on Bangladesh Fire and Building Safety that we named during that time because we saw the vulnerability. The Rana Plaza wasn't the first building collapsed. And then afterwards, what happened? After Rana Plaza, it really made a global outcry, right? We were like a smaller group of people or organization who were campaigning on this. And then that really escalated or galvanized after Rana Plaza. We have given a deadline to the brands and retailers that May 13 would be the last or May 15 would be the last uh, you know, deadline. If you don't sign in between, then there will be consequences. Of course, naming and shaming would be the consequences. We really wanted to run a massive campaign and we already had industrial global union with us on that. So I think May 13th was the day when H&M has been signed. And then after that, everyone was like falling like house of cards. This is the first time the workers was able to walk along with the engineer and inspectors when they would be inspecting the factory. First time workers learned that they are human beings, not like every other equipment in the factory. First time workers felt or achieved to say a no to unsafe factories. If they see any faulty wearing or crack in the building, they totally can walk out from the building and say no to that unsafe work. Do you think that another Rana Plaza could happen in Bangladesh today? I really don't want it to see any more Rana Plaza. I may not be able to take it. If you ask me that what you achieve in the last 10 years, I can say that only the improvement of safety. The other areas of workers' rights, like wages, It is still poor. Workers are still getting rock bottom wages. Our workers last five years, they're getting 8,000 taka, which is equivalent to $80 a month. It's not enough for their one person full month cost, and let alone if they have children at home. We need an international solidarity. We need a solidarity from the consumers, from the global union and global NGOs. When consumers hear this, that workers are working in a such a factory or they're in a bad condition. They're always in a dilemma that should I buy or I shouldn't buy? Okay. I know because, you know, they don't get enough information. They always depend on, on these closely reports that the brands produce for them. But if they can think beyond when they're in the store, if they can go beyond uh, size, color, style and price and start asking questions from the store managers, or even if they buy online, when they're giving review, 
in that review, they can ask more questions that they wanted to know more about those workers who made clothes for them. What is their condition? Do they have a living voice? Do they have a union voice at workplace? Is those factories safe? Is those factory gender violence free? Do they have a social protection? I think that would be start for ringing the bell in bosses' offices. And the consumers can do very easily. All we're asking about it is a job with dignity. And a job with dignity will not come until we have a living wage, union rights, our safe factory, gender-based balance factory, and social protection. And if we consumers and workers work together, we can achieve it. So consumers can be a responsible consumer and they can play their role. BOF's new case study, How to Avoid Another Rana Plaza, is an excellent guide available to BOF professional all-access members. We've included a link to the case study in the episode notes. It examines the changes that have taken place since the Rana Plaza disaster and the work that must continue in order to avoid a disaster like this again. I spoke to Sarah to unpack the key insights. So Sarah, it's now been 10 years since Rana Plaza collapsed. Um, And we've heard from Kalpona on how things have changed from her perspective. But what do you think has actually changed since the disaster happened? Well, the big thing that happened after Rana Plaza collapsed was that more than 200 brands agreed to sign a legally binding safety commitment with trade unions known as the Bangladesh Accord, something that labor groups have been pushing for for years before the disaster, that that's where Kalpona was doing when Rana Plaza collapsed. She was campaigning for that agreement. But until the disaster itself, brands had been very reluctant to sign on. So what really did shift the landscape was that the extent of the disaster, the international outrage that this could happen, prompted brands to agree to really changed the way they engaged with suppliers and take much more responsibility for their supply chain than they had before. And so what the court did was it created a binding commitment between the brands who signed it and trade unions, which meant that brands could be taken to court if they didn't meet their commitments in a way that made them accountable in a way they never had been before. They had to submit to independent inspections, not ones paid for by them, not ones paid for by the manufacturers, which meant the conflicts of interest that labor groups had said had existed for years were removed from the equation. They had to be transparent in a way they hadn't been before, submitting who their manufacturers were and reporting the results and their plans for remediation of safety inspections on a quarterly basis. And they brought this idea of collective action into the equation that hadn't really existed before, giving unions more of a seat at the table in a way that was really powerful. And underpinning all of this, brands had to commit to support their suppliers financially to complete these remediation programs. That was a controversial element, but it was part of the agreement. Okay. So in the case study that we released this week, right on the front page there, it says the accord is viewed as fashion's most effective safety campaign. And you've kind of underscored why that is, all of the attributes that make this genuinely different from maybe other commitments that we've seen to labor rights in our industry. However, in the executive summary, there's an exhibit there that says that, you know, the number of injuries and deaths in the garment and textile industry, I guess this is globally, 
actually increased from 2021 to 2022 overall in terms of injuries. There was a decrease in deaths. And like, there's still a lot more work to be done, therefore. So how safe is the industry now based on the conversations you're having with people, not just in Bangladesh, but around the world? And have the underlying issues that caused Rana Plaza been addressed elsewhere? It's not very safe. And what was interesting about doing this report is there's not really a central space where you can go where someone's monitoring safety in the industry. The data we pulled was based on work that Labour Advocacy Group Clean Clothes Campaign did, just scouring media reports and picking up when they saw an incident in a factory. And what you're seeing is in large manufacturing countries from you know India to China to Vietnam to Turkey to Pakistan, you see fires, electrical safety issues, issues around the handling of toxic chemicals, issues with unsafe boilers, really serious incidents that lead to injury and death on a regular basis that is is quite startling when you think about how little awareness I think there is of really how dangerous this industry remains. So what do we do now, Sarah? There's clearly been this quite significant milestone with the safety accord in Bangladesh. When you take a step back and look at the industry as a whole, like if you were advising the CEOs of all these companies and all of the different stakeholders involved, what would you recommend the industry needs to do now to further decrease the injuries and deaths that we see in the supply chain? So I think there's the macro and there's the micro. And you asked me in your last question, what hasn't changed? And part of what led to the terrible disaster at Rana Plaza was fundamentally the way the fashion industry's business model works. And that has not changed. Companies still look to outsource their production to places where they can produce cheaply. They look for the lowest cost of production And that leads to this race to the bottom where manufacturers get squeezed and then start to cut corners in different places from safety to wages to worker well-being. That is a huge systemic macro problem. It's something that's been talked about for years. It's not something an individual company can address, but it is something they can engage with the rest of the industry from. So I think engaging with industry, engaging with policymakers on regulation that is coming, that is intended to try and shift this business model is a really important step for companies. And then on an individual level, what companies can do is they can look at what is out there. The Bangladesh Accord has now expanded to an organization called the International Accord. It's trying to go into other countries with the same framework. So signing up to that is a great step. And then examining company's own internal purchasing practices and monitoring programs to see if they are adequate. What role does the consumer have to play, Sarah, in all of this? Because part of what propels the industry to continue to pursue this model of producing cheaply made clothes that don't last a long time, that then go to landfill, is the way consumers are engaging with the industry. And I I hesitate to place the responsibility at the foot of consumers because it's certain that the industry needs to change. The companies need to change. The business model needs to change. But part of changing the business model is changing the way the consumers engage with the business. Yep. I think that's a very interesting point. And you're absolutely right. The way we as a whole consume does need to change. 
you know, I think Calpona made a really powerful point about the power of consumers to ask companies to change and tell them that they want something different. But yes, I think that does need to be more awareness that if you go out and buy an unbelievably cheap garment and do so multiple times a month because you can, it is unbelievably cheap because it is not believable. You cannot produce that cheaply and ethically, and there is a cost to that that needs to be factored in more. But I think the flip side to that is it's very hard for consumers to bear that in mind when the entire marketing machine of the industry is putting its clout behind encouraging people to to forget that more heavy element and just get excited about a shiny new thing, which, I, you know, we're, we're all guilty of doing that, seeing something we like and, and buying into the hype and wanting it and going and getting it, I think. And then when you see models like Shein and others, which are taking fast fashion or ultra fast fashion and making it super ultra fast fashion, you know, it feels like we're going in the wrong direction, which doesn't really give me much confidence that the systemic changes that we need to see, the business model changes that we need to see are actually happening. So we've made a bad business model safer. Yeah, that is true. And I, and I think what gives me hope is that change is messy. It's not simple. We can't expect it to be linear. And even if something like Shein, which feels like, you know, we're just taking all of the negative elements of the industry and turbocharging it, equally underpinning that is this model of efficiency where Shein has said they would reduce waste. And that is, there are elements that the industry can learn from, not completely deploying that business model, but there's a huge problem in the industry with overproduction and excess inventory, which creates a whole own set of issues that, there are ways that can be addressed through looking at Sheehan's business model. Right. So 10 years from today, Sarah, when we're marking the 20-year anniversary of Rana Plaza, where do you think the industry needs to be? Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't want to sound too idealistic. Look, I think there needs to be a really big conversation within the industry around purchasing practices and the way in which silos now operate where you have a sustainability team that goes out and asks manufacturers to do lots of wonderful, worthy things. And then two days later, the buying team comes in and tells them that they are unwilling to pay a price that will enable any of those things to happen. That, I think, is an important first step. But beyond that, I I think in an idealistic world, we would have shifted to a space where the industry is less driven purely by consumption and more driven about creating things that people value and care for and want to keep for a long time. And in doing so, they have elevated the jobs all the way down the supply chain. So it's not so much exploitative and more about really appreciating the craft that goes into every garment, no matter the price point. Well, as with all systemic change, it is going to be messy. Mm -hmm. It is going to take sustained effort from a variety of stakeholders. And if you want to learn more about everything that we've learned from our latest deep dive into how to avoid another Rana Plaza, please download Sarah's excellent case study for BOF professional members that really 
breaks down exactly what we've learned from this tragedy and the response to the tragedy. It's a highly recommended reading. And thank you, Sarah, for sharing your time and expertise with us. And congratulations on this excellent effort. I'm Imran Ahmed, and that's all from this week's edition of the BOF Podcast. We'll see you again next week. The BOF Podcast is edited and produced by Emma Clark and Eric Bria in the BOF Studio team. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.